0: The hard shoulder on New Stock. With the all-new Nissan Duke, the coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan, innovation that
1: excites. Hard shoulder, uh, The Hard Shoulder Health Check with you now. And Fardot O'Kelly is a consultant, paediatric and adolescent urological surgeon at the Beacon Hospital and joins me. Fardot, it's a pleasure to speak to you. And thanks a million uh, for your time. We're talking about UTIs now, UTIs in children. How common are they?
0: Hi, Garen. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, they're, they're reasonably common, all right. Um, and I, I guess the, one of the main things really is to try to... Uh, determine first of all whether it's actually UTI or not Um, you know and and secondly if there's any underlying cause behind it I mean I guess it, it kind of depends on uh both your 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 gender whether you're male or female and also your age so for example in the first year of life boys would be 10 times more likely to develop a UTI than than girls would be and right. then after after one year of age then girls are about twice as
1: likely for life. Okay, so girls are much more likely after that uh, uh, first year. Boys, though, in year one, you have to look out for. Correct. Yeah, and that's that, That's um, why is that?
0: We are not a hundred percent sure. I mean, there 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 are some reasons as to uh, some structural reasons that that might uh, occur, which might make boys more prone to developing UTIs. So, for example, you can have transient uh, obstructions, and 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 certainly the foreskin seems to play a small part in this, but. Um, yeah, I mean, and 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 certainly with, with with things like reflux, it tends to affect boys at a much okay. much earlier age. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 something that's that's hot on the uh, hot on the the research so agenda. Uh,
1: st- structurally, then, like what what is a UTI as compared to like a kidney infection or a bladder infection?
0: Yeah, no, that's that. Yeah, it's a good point. I, th- I think in general, a urinary tract infection tends to encompass all of that, okay. and it really depends on. I mean, if you're you're getting a little bit more specific, if you talk about, you know, the bladder versus versus kidney. So, you know, it, it, in itself, it tends to comprise of like uh, you know, of the child having symptoms and then having a positive dipstick which is where it's a little stick you literally put urine onto that tends to light up uh, and then you send the you send the urine off for um for culture and sensitivities and so you know one of the big distinguishing factors as a general rule of thumb is whether the child has a fever or not and 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 if the child has a fever associated with uh, with these symptoms and a positive uh and, and a positive culture it tends to be a little bit further up the the urinary tract so okay. um but but you know you could have something that that is uh simply Affecting the bladder and, and, you know, we might call it something like cystitis uh, or it might affect the, the water pipe down below, which might be urethritis. And sometimes those things are not, you, you know, they might actually be as a result of colonization and, and, okay. and possibly poor poor toileting habits as opposed to, as opposed to a structural issue causing, causing, an, causing an obstruction or a problem.
1: Well, what, what, what shouldn't good parents be looking out for? Because, you know, when children are below a certain age, I mean, they can find it hard to verbalize what's going on with them.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a it's a real difficult. uh, It's a real diagnostic problem for for, for parents, but also for 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 us as doctors as well. I mean, in general, and not
1: to cut across because, you know, as a parent, the temptation as well, when you get a fever is, well, it's just a fever. You know, kids get them all the time. You can't be pressing the alarm button every time it happens. They'll get over it.
0: No, no, I, and my wife Sonia and I have three boys as well, and uh, so we, we we've been there, uh, and you know, having a fever, you know, uh, generally the most common reasons are teething, ear, nose, mm-hmm. throat, um, but but in the absence of those o- obvious things, especially in. You know in in a child that's maybe under six months old, you've got to consider something like a urinary tract infection. And in in fact, if they're kind of under three months old, you'd really be considering something like meningitis as well as a as a fever. But 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 you're you're right. You know, one of the one of the big things, one or one of the big distinguishing factors is going to be a fever. Um in you know you might have a child that might have a bit of bit of odor to the to to the urine as well. You might notice that they're they're off their food. Uh, you know, as children get a little bit older, they may talk about it hurting. Them. You might see they're going a little bit more. Uh, sometimes it's associated with uh, constipation as well. In fact, constipation is probably the number one cause of UTIs in in, in my clinic. Oh right! Nice. Uh, randomly enough, yeah. No, it's a uh, constipation followed by voiding dysfunction followed by structural disorders. So it it is a very common thing that we deal with, and and most mo- most of the time it can be it, it can be, you know what what you're you know my job really, I suppose as a pediatric urologist is is really to make sure that there are no kind of red flags there and there are no other mm. uh, perhaps structural issues that I might need to potentially medicate or operate on, um, and be, because you know. GPs, paediatricians, practitioners—you know—they're—they're they're all superb, and they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're excellent at dealing with this and 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 and, and treating these. And, and most UTIs tend to go away. And, and sometimes, I guess, they can just happen. I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, yeah. it's, it's a non-zero risk, but it, but it's. But I guess what we're trying to do is is make sure that there are no other reasons as to what.
1: Yeah, because you do you do hear happens. of people, don't you, and kids who are you know the, the, the phrase used, I suppose, is prone to UTIs. You know, they they seem <laughs> yeah. to get them regularly. Those are the type of kids I assume who end up with you.
0: Um. Yeah, they they would. I I suppose if if kids are you know if kids are having recurrent UTIs associated with fevers, or if they have certainly. You know, often in those cases, you might get an ultrasound of the, of the urinary tract. And if there's any sort of abnormality with the ultrasound, they're the, they're, they're the kids I tend to, I I tend to see, um, you know, I guess the first thing I I often do is I I go back to the start, and and if I hear a child has had you know recurrent UTIs, I want to find out. I want to get a good history from them, from the from the parents really, and I want to find out. You know, even going back to how samples are being collected, because sometimes you can you you may take a sample incorrectly. And and then it becomes labeled as a UTI because there's bacteria grown on it and it may not actually be the cause. It might, it might be a complete red herring. So I think, you know, it's often important just to, you know, not accept labels necessarily for, for what they are and just go back and just question everything. Oh, so, uh, as
1: far as we could talk until the cows come home about trying to collect urine samples <laughs> in, in, in my kids, but I won't inflict the national air, airwaves to it. Uh, this listener's to, uh, got in touch on 5306. My seven-year-old has pain when he passes water and it's been gone for three weeks, but I've checked his urine. No UTI, no swelling or redness of the area. He's in good health. Any suggestions as to what it could be?
0: Yeah, so so sometimes so this is the sort of thing you know you would actually go back to the to the start first thing the first thing I'd wonder is 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 there any evidence of constipation there and constipation doesn't even necessarily mean that you're not uh, you know you're not opening your bowels every day um, sometimes you you could be you could be constipated but still having a bowel motion every day they can be hard they can be large sometimes you hear parents kind of have this light bulb moment when you ask do they block the toilet and they were like oh gosh yeah. Um, th- that'd be the first thing. And the second thing I-, I I'd want to check then is is actually what their voiding habits are as well. Um so okay. some kids, especially at that age, can hold for, you know, maybe they're they've got they're anxious about going to camps yes. or schools or something like that. Uh, so you'd be doing things like diaries and and just seeing are they holding for long periods of time because that pain that they're getting could actually be because of a sphincter just below their 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 bladder that doesn't want to relax and release a little bit and just to allow their bladder to empty because you you can't really stop the bladder from from squeezing it's just going to do its own thing you have no control over it but what you do have control over is the sphincter underneath uh, and sometimes it can become a little bit um, I suppose uh, I guess I better use the words like spasmed or something like that yeah. so you can just take few seconds to go but um and then you you know they're the first two things and then you'd be looking for for other
1: causes as well Uh, someone else has texted actually a few texts along these lines but i'll read this one it sums them up my four-year-old wears a nappy at night she's potty trained for over a year and a half Uh, some nights the nappy gets very wet other nights bone dry there's no consistent pattern and she's just wondering whether from a health point of view if there's something to be concerned about
0: um, no, generally not. I mean, what you'll, what you'll generally find is is what they're talking about is, is a thing called enuresis or nocturnal enuresis, which means uh, essentially bedwetting at nighttime. And most children tend to have control of their bladders by about the age of four during the day and about the age of six at nighttime. So, you know, once you get to six to seven years old, up to 15 to 20 percent of kids still have regular wetting at nighttime. So it's not it's not something that's, that's concerning. And even if you left it alone, about 15 percent of kids will naturally get better themselves over time okay there are a number of theories as to why this might happen but the first thing i'd say is you know especially if the child is under five don't worry at all uh and the second you know thing to find out is whether you know you as a parent had this issue because there's a very strong genetic component to this as well so if you had one parent uh, affected by delayed dryness at nighttime, you you know your child is a forty two percent risk of that happening, and if it's both parents, it's seventy seven
1: percent. That is so, that is the um, advice that everybody wants to hear when they ask a doctor <laughs> a question. No need to panic, um, Farad. We appreciate your time. Loads of questions coming Perfect. in. Unfortunately, we, we are just a little tight on time. Farad O'Kelly is a consultant paediatrician and adolescent urological surgeon at the Beacon Hospital. That is our lot for today's hard shoulder. I'll be back tomorrow from four. Have a good one.